0: Welcome to this week's episode of Grief with Grace. What I want to talk about today is a really big and very deep topic, one that I have studied for years, so I'm going to do my best to do it justice and to make it understandable. Let's go. Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for women healing from loss, trauma, and grief, or who know there's more to life but aren't sure what it is or where to find it. Whatever brought you here, you are not alone. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, soul navigator, mystic, intuitive, bereaved mom, and grief and trauma guide. Recreating my own life after a divorce in 2008 and going on to create and live a life I'd only dreamed of after that, I found myself on a new healing journey after my 29-year-old son unexpectedly left this life in January of 2019. So I invite you to grab a journal, a cup of tea, light a candle and get cozy. And allow yourself to be seen, held, soothed, and inspired on your journey to wholeness. Blending the practical with the spiritual, each week my guests and I will inspire you to connect with who you are at soul level so you can find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. When I began to awaken in it was probably around 2006, 2007, maybe even before that, I didn't understand that that's what was happening. I just knew deep in my soul that something was off about the way that I was living and the way that I had been living my life. I wasn't sleeping well. I was, I just felt I felt like I didn't belong here. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was happening, but I knew something had to change. And that's what started me on my path, first of personal discovery, and then my spiritual path, and then to studying the afterlife. And all of that was part of my awakening. And I know that some of you will relate to that because I know some of you have had similar experiences. But I just knew, and I've seen this in many of the women I've had as clients over the years too, that something wasn't right about the way that I was living. And part of that was because I was completely up in my head. Everything I had done in my adult life, for the most part, had come from my brain, my head, my mind. I had always had a career and earned a living and been paid for What came out of my left brain? I mean, I've worked in the legal field. That's all left brain. And at some point, I knew that something had to change. I was living, I was like a head on a stick. I was completely disconnected from my neck down. So let's have a little bit of a history lesson, because this is important to this whole conversation. So after the Middle Ages, the world experienced the Renaissance era. And this was a time of really amazing creativity and innovation in all areas. You know, think cultural, scientific, art, literature, philosophy. I mean, the list goes on and on. It began in Italy, and then it spread to places like France and throughout Western Europe. And think about it. Some of the greatest structures that still stand today were built during this time. Things like the Arc de Triomphe in Paris or the Colosseum in Rome or the Sistine Chapel. Think about the works of people like Leonardo da Vinci and Machiavelli and uh, Copernicus and Dante and Shakespeare and Michelangelo. That all of all of that amazing work All of those creations came out of the Renaissance era. There was so much creative energy during that period, and those creations have stood the test of time. They are still relevant because there is still so much learning available from them and so much to appreciate from all of those creations. And then after the Renaissance era came the Industrial Revolution. And please, I am really simplifying here because there there are a lot of, um, I guess, like sub eras that are weaved in with and between these bigger overarching eras, but I'm kind of trying to take a 30,000 foot view here for simplicity's sake and for time's sake. Um, So the industrial revolution was really about transitioning to a new manufacturing process. It took away so much of what had been done by hand by craftsmen and turned those tasks over to machines. And through that, we went from more feminine energy in the Renaissance era to more masculine energy in the uh, Industrial Revolution up to basically current day. Now, thousands and thousands of years ago, there was a lot more feminine energy. And we lived under a more of a matriarchal society where women were the center of everything and women held gathering circles and and that kind of thing. And over the last, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds of years or thousands of years, we've been living under more of a patriarchal society. Now, without getting into political things, because I try really hard to stay away from that because it is such a divisive topic, but I see a disturbing tendency to demonize the masculine. And that is just as bad as demonizing the feminine. We are all both. We have both masculine and feminine energies within us. And that's what the topic of this episode is about. It's about bringing more harmony to ourselves to as individuals and as a collective. But if we swing the pendulum from demonizing women to now demonizing men, we're going to have the same problems just with different faces in society. And so for me, it's about blending the two. It's about bringing them into harmony and coming into alignment with the two. Again, don't misunderstand. There's always been both energies, but humanity was more focused on the feminine energy during earlier periods and then more on masculine energy during more recent times, like I say, mainly since the industrial revolution. So let's talk about masculine energy and feminine energy and really how they affect our healing journey, because that's what the focus of this is about, is how things affect our healing journey. And this is so important, but I needed to give you that historical context so that you would have that perspective as I go further into this. And I want to be really clear. Again, every single human being has both masculine and feminine energies within them, in general. And please... I am generalizing to, to simplify, but in general, women tend to have more feminine energy and men tend to have more masculine energy. We have both though, and we need both. In general, men tend to have more masculine, but they also do have feminine energy within them that they need to express in a healthy way. And in general, women tend to have more feminine energy. But they also have masculine energy that they need to express in a healthy way. The problem is in current society. And, you know, I mean, this may have gone on in previous societies as well. But since I'm talking now and I don't remember any lives I had as far as that goes, you know, back then, I don't know what it was like back then. All I know is what I see today. But. One is not better than the other. We need both. However, there are times we can express more of one than the other. Okay? So let's break them down. I'm going to start with masculine energy. So masculine energy is more about doing. It's about getting things done. It's about goals and accomplishments and striving. It's also about structure. We need structure. If we don't have structure, then society will fall apart. Masculine energy can be forceful. There are times when it needs to be forceful. Often masculine energy, when it's not being expressed in a healthy way, comes out of our, it comes from our heads, from our brains. True masculine, masculine energy originates in our hearts, but most people are not expressing it in a healthy way. So most of the time it comes from our left brain functions, things like logic and reason and practicality. And masculine energy is also about being more physically dominant. When someone is out of alignment in their masculine energy, they can be very disconnected from their heart, from their emotions. They can be very controlling and dominating. Um, They can always be doing and always giving. When they're in alignment with their masculine energy, that's when they're in harmony with their feminine energy. They're grounded and they lead from their heart. They protect in a healthy way, not a controlling way. They give from their heart in an authentic way, not in a manipulative way. They're strong, yet they're vulnerable. And again, this is true for both men and women. So now let's look at feminine energy. This is the one that usually goes sideways. How many of you have heard or been told or believed, and I'm raising my hand for all those, that you shouldn't cry in public? And for women, especially You should not cry or show any emotions at work because you won't be taken seriously. You won't get the promotion. You'll look weak. You'll look incompetent. Again, I'm raising my hand to all those things. So when someone is out of alignment with their feminine energy, they can be uh, overly dramatic. They can be manipulative. They can be jealous and possessive and very, very insecure. When they're in alignment with their feminine energy, they have boundaries, healthy, loving boundaries they allow their creative expression, they allow a flow and a rhythm to life, and they're in harmony or in alignment with their masculine energy. I've heard a lot of talk in the last few years about being in balance, about coming into balance with things, including feminine and masculine energy. I don't agree with that. I don't believe in, co- in being in balance, and here's why. Because sometimes we need more masculine energy, and sometimes we need more feminine energy. That's being in harmony, not in balance. It's kind of like a um, a teeter totter. Remember sitting on a playing on a teeter totter when you were a child, and sometimes you were up and sometimes you were down. But you know it was in harmony, right? But when we turn off one of those energies, when we ignore one of them or shut them shut it down, or when we try to make them equal or bring them into balance, we're out of alignment. If we are too much in our masculine we're out of alignment or harmony. If we are too much in our feminine, and when I say that, I mean like all the time, we're out of alignment. And that can lead to so many issues that we are seeing playing out in society as a whole right now and in our individual lives. The pendulum has swung so far toward masculine energy in society, and now it's trying to swing back, but at what cost? And Again, we have to find harmony. We cannot swing all the way back to the feminine and demonize the masculine because we will be out of harmony again and it will be just as catastrophic to society as what we're seeing right now. So, again, the masculine creates structure in life, it creates a container in which the feminine can feel safe to create and express herself. Again, this is both in men and women. I'm not talking about males and females right now, I'm talking about energies, okay? But there has to be a rhythm and a flow between them, a dance, if you will. And now let's go back to history for a second, because I just thought of something else I wanted to mention. This is important. Until World War II, and again, I'm generalizing for simplicity's sake, for the most part, until then, women were homemakers Men went out to work. Women were in charge of the home and children. I'm not saying that was right or wrong. That's just the way society operated in general. And it did create more of a a state of harmony in society. And then during World War II, many women had to go to work in the factories because the men went off to fight in the war. My mom was one of those. She graduated from high school in 1942, and she went to work in a factory. And then after World War II ended, many women went back to being homemakers. My mother did not. She continued working, and she created a very successful career for herself in the 1950s, which was highly unusual for women. Women were basically either nurses, teachers, homemakers, or actresses. My mom was none of those. She worked in corporate America, and she had a very successful career. She stopped working when she and my dad got my dad got married and I was born and she was a stay-at-home mom when my brother and I were younger. And then she went back to work when I was 13 and she worked until she retired. So I had a role model in her in both realms with her more in her feminine as the stay-at-home mom. She was a great cook. She put on great parties. She was a really good mom. And then with her more in her masculine, as being a successful career woman, because she did have another successful career when she went back to work. But then came the women's lib movement in the 1960s, and the world completely shifted because women went to work in huge numbers and often became the breadwinners of the family in many cases. I've benefited from that, as probably have all of you, because I've had a very successful career and now my own healing business. But this has come at a price, Women pay a personal price for the success that we have in our careers. The thing is, is that it affects women who don't work as well because we pick up energy from other people in our lives, people in our communities, from the media. And so most women have almost completely suppressed their feminine energy. Again, we've been taught that we will look weak if we cry, if we show emotion. And that's true for men as well, right? Even as children, we're told, Oh, don't cry. Big boys don't cry. And the thing is, is that all of this has impacted our healing. We have been taught to stuff our emotions down to suck it up. You know, corporations generally give three days of bereavement leave, maybe a week if it's a child or a spouse. That's insane. But we're expected to be machines who just jump right back into work after a huge trauma or loss. And often we do. Or because we aren't taught how to express our feminine energy in a healthy way and we don't have any boundaries, then we're like all over the place with the spiraling further and further down into our grief and not healing. I see that play out in Facebook groups all the time. And I have conversations with other female leaders in this arena around that. So how do we come back into alignment? Honestly, you could listen, probably listen to any of my past episodes of this podcast for ideas because all of my work is about bringing more feminine energy into our lives. It's the pathway to healing. Well, your feminine energy comes from your sacral chakra just below your navel. It's your womb space. So one of the best things you can do is move your body. You know, think about it. Think about during the Renaissance era and before the industrial revolution, everybody moved their body. They weren't sitting in a chair at a desk at a computer or sitting on the sofa, watching TV or sitting in a car, driving to work. So get up and move your body, turn on some music and dance. I've been teaching this to my clients for over a decade now. It can be slow contemplative music, or it can be loud and wild, Whatever mood you're in, find some music that you can listen to that'll help you express whatever it is you're feeling and what you need to release. If you can't play music, get up and move your body anyway. You know, move your feet from side to side. Do circle eights with your hips. These are all things I've been teaching and preaching to, to my female clients for over a decade. And then be sure to allow your masculine energy some space in this as well. One way I do that is by creating structure to my life, to my day. Um, I had to look back before I started this because I wanted to be sure to mention in episode 45, I talked about turning routines into rituals to assist you in your healing. Go back and listen to that for some tips and guidance because it's filled with so many, so many things that you can do around turning routines because Routines become boring when we turn them into rituals, then they, we, we can embody them. And there's something that we look forward to having the structure of rituals in my life allows me to honor my masculine energy. And then it allows my feminine energy to flow and be expressed, to be creative, to honor my emotions and my grief, because the feminine energy is about creation. Think about it. Women give birth. They create life. We need the masculine to help us. We can't do it on our own. So we need the structure of the masculine to support us, to hold us up, to make us feel safe so then we can allow our emotions and our creativity to flow through us. And yes, then I like to get girly. I love being a woman. So there are times where I put on makeup. I put on makeup just about every day, at least a little bit of blush, some mascara. And yeah, that's usually pretty much it, especially in the summertime. When I was working in an office all the time, I would put on pretty dresses. I loved it. I go get pedicures. I don't get manicures anymore, but I do get pedicures. I love being a woman and all the things that go with that. I suppressed that for so many years. I, when I was a little girl, I loved to twirl around and dance and play dress up and all those things. If that wasn't you as a child, if you were a tomboy, that's fine. Find a way to open up your feminine energy so that you can be more creative and bring more harmony into your life. Um, I also allow myself to express my emotions. But here's the thing. I've learned what I call the art of loving boundaries. And so I express my emotions in a much healthier way than I did in the past. In the past, I suppressed them so much that I was like a pot on the stove with the lid on it. And if you don't turn down, you know, if the heat gets too hot, then the lid blows off of it, right? And that's what would happen. My emotions would just erupt from time to time. It wasn't pretty. I'm not proud of it. But I think if you're honest, most of us have done that. And it's because we are not taught healthy ways to express our emotions. But here's the thing. I know that I am solely responsible for my choices and for myself in life. And I also know when I need help from others. I am now able to ask for it when I do need it. And that's something I was not able to do most of my life because one of the other things that we've been told, and this is true for both men and women, is that we have to do everything ourselves and that if we don't or if we can't, it means that we're weak or there's something wrong with us or, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a whole host of things that we tell ourselves or that we've heard. Masculine energy is about giving. And yet how many women give Until we have nothing left to give, especially to ourselves. And that's because most women are out of alignment and they're leading with their masculine energy. Feminine energy, on the other hand, is about receiving, and most women are uncomfortable receiving. Think about it. When, I mean, this was a huge awareness for me when I started on all of this. When someone gives a woman a compliment or a gift, it's very uncomfortable. And most women tend to deflect compliments. We'll say something like, oh, this old thing, or, oh gosh, I really need a haircut. But we deflect the compliment. Or if someone gives us a gift, we feel guilty that we didn't give them a gift. But feminine energy is all about receiving and creating and nurturing. And again, we all have both energies in us. The key is to bring them into harmony in a way that honors both of them so that they can support us on our healing journey. So to kind of try to sum it up, masculine energy creates structure and form. It's grounded. It's protective. It's about doing. It's about giving. And then feminine energy is more creative and receptive and nurturing. It's about being. And our intuition comes from being in alignment with our feminine energy. We are human beings. We are not human doings. So who are you being in your healing and in your life? And when we're healing, we need healthy, loving boundaries, and we need to have harmony between our masculine and our feminine energies. Something else that can really help you come back into alignment with your feminine energy is breath work. And... The reason is because it creates a container which satisfies our masculine, and then it helps us express and release our emotions, which satisfies our feminine. And I love taking my clients through these sessions, and so if you'd like to try it for yourself, send me an email at info at and I'm happy to have a conversation with you about that. I think that's all I had to share today on this topic. I mean, like I said, this is such a deep, rich topic, I could speak for hours about it, but I hope what I have shared has been helpful. These are things that they don't teach us in school. And learning this really did help me on my path, help me in my awakening. And it's a big topic that I've spent years studying and embodying and teaching. And that's the thing. You have to embody these things. You have to integrate them into all of who you are. You can't just Read about them. This is not a left brain, read and move on type of thing. You have to embody them. That's why I encourage people to get up and move their body and dance because that helps you integrate and embody what you learn. But again, learning to express my feminine energy in a healthy way changed my life in so many ways. Oh, gosh. And I mean, it's been over a decade now. And I know that it's part of the solid foundation that I had when Greg left this life. I was able to ask for help in the very early days. I mean, within a couple of days, something I wouldn't have been able to do just a few years earlier. And it helped me be vulnerable in my grief without allowing my grief to run my life or to ruin my life. And I can always tell when I'm out of harmony and tending, I tend to lean more into my masculine When I'm out of alignment, because for example, I'll start eating unhealthy foods. My sleep will be all out of alignment. I won't sleep well. And so little clues like that help wake me back up and allow me to look at where I need to come back into alignment in my life. All right, that is all for this week. I would love to know your thoughts on this. Do you tend to be more in your masculine energy or in your feminine energy? How good are you withholding boundaries? And I mean loving boundaries, not strict, rigid, you know, FU boundaries, um, but loving boundaries. All right. Until next week, I am sending you all so much love, light, beauty, and grace. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Grief with Grace. Please be sure to like our Grief with Grace podcast Facebook page and find me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you new content and new interviews each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I really hope you do, please be sure to share it with a woman who could use some inspiration in her life and on her journey. Until next time, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.